I am so grateful to be here, to be honest. I, I don't know how to explain uh, with war, and I will try to speak a little more slow, because in Chile, we used to preach or teach uh, really fast. And I, the other day in Walmart and Childress, I used to say hello everybody that I meet in town, uh, so I can have the chance or the opportunity to be with them and to have a little time to share about Jesus. And this guy was telling me when I was talking with him, or I say hello, he say, I know you. And I was, oh, maybe he remembered me from the last time that I was there. And he say, I know you because you are not from here. You speak so fast. And in Texas, we speak a little more slow. So make sure, he say, that each time that you are visiting somebody, you can speak a little more slow. So I get so exciting. And let me tell you one thing before I start. Thank you so much for your support, for your prayer. Thank you so much for being with us through difficult time in Chile. Thank you for uh, all the message that we receive, an encouraging word that we receive from you each time. And thank you so much to the whole congregation. And I know that Kelly and Ruth, they are the one who represent you, but they have been so patient, and especially with me, and they have been showing us your love, the big love that you have for mission, for the kingdom, and for us. So let me start now with my little uh, sermon, 25, 30 minutes. I don't know if with this excitement I will go maybe longer, but... Today, I want to just introduce quickly myself for those who don't know me. I am from Chile. My wife, Matraisa, is from Childress, Texas. Um, we had two kids, uh, Timothy and Olivia, and a little one on the way. In February, we will have the third one. And our life has been changing a lot. We feel really blessed uh, to have this kid, and we have been learning a lot how much love our father had for all of us. So we start doing church planting in Chile, and one of the passages that we will be sharing with you this morning is about uh, the Samaritan woman. Most of you probably know, and uh, surely you hear already um, about this wonderful story, this a great example of, rich example of love and mercy redemption, true, accepting, and many other things that we can learn from this story. Each time that we had the opportunity to in Chile to go out and to reach somebody, uh, we think, and the Samaritan woman. But we think also how Jesus saw the people, the Samaritan, how Jesus was uh, looking for the need of the people, how Jesus was seeking the opportunity to reach somebody, and he, as he reached this great Samaritan woman. If you think a little bit about this wonderful story, you will understand that was no, we use the expression in Chile, that was no like casual expression, that was no like 
the exactly day that was no lucky day. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. And surely, he probably was praying about this great opportunity to meet a Samaritan woman and teach to his disciple about a great example of love and accepting. Always I try to reach, uh, I use in my sermons some visual stuff, and especially when I am here in America, because most of the people will probably not understand all point I try to make, or all the idea that I try to explain because of my language, but I try to do my very best. And one of the reasons that I, I want to start using visual stuff is that helping a little more to the people is a little more easier to get the point what I try to explain. Uh, just keep in mind before I start uh, the golden rule. Most of you remember the golden rule in Matthew 7, verse 12. Uh, probably most of you remember that already uh, when the scriptures say, so in everything, do to other what you will have then to do to you. For this, sum up the law and the prophet. So I like to hear this before I start sharing about this story, because that is, is what it's all about uh, for Jesus' ministry. In the New Testament, he had been putting himself in somebody's else shoes. And this morning, uh, I want to invite you for a little bit uh, that you can please put yourself in the Samaritan woman's shoes. You might be thinking, oh, that may be a little hard and difficult for us to think in today, but just for a minute, uh, put yourself in the Samaritan woman's shoes. You know already probably the story. She has been married for high time. She's a Samaritan that don't supposed to fit probably in the social uh, community. She was like outcast. I don't know how you call it in English. Uh, she was probably rejecting. I don't know how she was feeling, but put yourself for a minute in the Samaritan woman shoes. Each time uh, when I was a little kid, I still remember I was just uh, a little poor kid from some poor community and some people tried to help me more than one time. And that came to my mind this morning when I was thinking in my introduction, and they were always asking me, hey, what kind of shoes, uh, what side of shoes uh, are you? Because they want to help me with some shoes. And I remember they was the boy uh, with the multiple size, because if they want to give me a shoes, and the number were 20, that was my number. 
I want to get that juice. And the next day, somebody says, hey, I have a 25 number juice. Uh, that is the size. And my home I don't use, that will feed you. And I tell, wow, that is exactly my number. Uh, I was really a little bad boy because I was lying all about. But I get like sometime in summer, 10, 15 pairs of shoes in my room and different number. And I try to get which one of them they fit me. Because each time I want to be in somebody's shoes, but for the wrong reason. Because only I want to get their shoes. And when I read the New Testament, I like to hear about Jesus' ministry and how he wants to be in the Samaritan woman choose. And in somebody choose, he can fix surely in your side choose. You might be thinking, no, that is what the Samaritan woman was thinking in that moment, but that time. You think for a little bit, if we put the Samaritan woman there and you put yourself in her shoes, probably you will thinking, hey, nobody will understand me. I have been fall five times, probably in my memory. I feel rejected. Probably not, I don't have many friends. I am poor. I don't own my own home, probably. I don't have the job that I want to have. Emotionally, she was broken. Uh, spiritually, she was confused. She don't knew where she's supposed to worship. She don't knew if God was responding, son of her prayer, until the day then Jesus Christ met her on the world. Because surely, the scripture don't tell us about that she was praying the night before. But I probably think that in some point in her life, because she was so broken, she was praying. And she was receiving the answer that day that Jesus Christ met her on the world. You never know that in town, in your school, in your work, in your family, somebody is praying for a long time. Or my, they may go through difficult time and God will use you to help in them, to give them what Jesus was giving to the Samaritan woman, the living water, that she need to start again this new life. Probably she was thinking that is my last chance or I don't have any another chance. But let me tell you that God is always a God and an awesome God that we think before of second and third and fourth chance. He will give you another chance. He's our father. I give many chance to my little boy, Timothy. He's running around. Uh, by the way, I, for, I almost forget. Each time they try to run early to the church in the morning or I had to do some stuff, 
And I asked my wife, hey, did you f- I don't find my shoes. Where are my shoes? This specific shoes that I put here this morning or last night. And my boy, a little boy, Timothy, he liked to put my shoes and bring them to the backyard. Sometimes they put one on the toilet, sometimes one in the kitchen. And I was like, why do you want to use my shoes? And that is why Jesus, at some point, tried to do with the Samaritan woman by giving the living water. And let me tell you one thing. This Samaritan woman, when she received the living water, I don't know how to explain this part, but she became crazy about the Lord. She wants to just start sharing about the one who accepting her, loving her, encouraging her, start sharing about how merciful Jesus Christ is, apart that he was the Messiah. I don't rely until another day I was just reviewing one of the movies that Ruth was uh, sharing with us with Matthias about the Samaritan woman and they mentioned that was the first person that Jesus revealed that he was the Messiah. How important is that for this woman who was rejecting, she had a broken heart, that he get the living water and he get on fire and ready to evangelize everybody. This is what I like the scripture when we read in verse uh, 39, if I am not wrong, when say, um, many of the Samaritans from that town believe in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritan come to him, they argue him to stay with them, and he stayed today. Because of his word, many more become believers. Wow. She really received this living water and start sharing about Jesus Christ with others and become one of the greater evangelistic persons in town. The woman who yesterday was broken heart, rejecting, and nobody probably was thinking that she can become useful for the kingdom, the Lord is telling his disciple, I am here to seeking for the need of the people, seeking for the people who might be broken, for Unperfect people. She was not perfect like any of us. It's not perfect. But she started sharing about the gospel with many others. And I want to continue encouraging you because you are doing already a great job. I know that you go out Sunday to reach the community. And I want to encourage you to meet with the need of the people must be a spiritual need that they have. They might have probably a physical need, emotional need, 
And each time that we go out in Chile and we pray and say, hey, this is our outreach Sunday, or just go to the town, I pray in my car and I say, God, just give me the chance and the opportunity to find some Samaritan woman or Samaritan man or Samaritan kid that can be an encouragement. And always I try to think in what are their needs. And from that, we can start sharing the gospel. This pandemic that has been affecting too many of us in many ways in Chile, we were not able to meet as a congregation, as a church. We were not able to stay together. And I was praying, oh Lord, what we will do here? We are missionary. We want to be the soul of this world. We want to be the light. We want to encourage somebody. And for some reason, I find some guy who was working for the government and I had a conversation with him and I tell, hey, as a missionary, I would love to help some communities, but we are not allowed to go out. And he say, I can help you with that. He say, I work for the government and I can give you a letter with your name. So each time that the police officer stop you, and ask you, what are you doing outside? And you show this letter and tell that you are missionary and you are allowed to help people. And I was so grateful that they give me that permission. And we were driving around. I was driving around and praying. And I saw by the cemetery, like 30, 40 minutes apart from our town, as a little village, poor community, when I think, oh, maybe... I can find some Samaritan woman there. And when I get there, I saw that this community, they don't have electricity. They don't have water. They are building home with every small piece of trash sometimes that they found because most of them, they were rejecting at some point. They lose their job. Maybe they divorce. Maybe they were not having enough money most of these kids, they don't go to the school and the government were not doing anything. So this, we have this little town there and we're thinking, oh, maybe this is a great opportunity to serve. And somebody told me before, each time that there is a need in the family of somebody, in the town, in the school, in the church community, there's a great opportunity to serve. And we get there, and we start just seeking for the opportunity to serve, and we found, hey, there is some kid here that they don't have pure water. What about we start doing something about? And we start bringing not just the physical pure water, but the spiritual living water for this kid. This two kid that is Chichin, is his nickname, the little chubby guy, I don't know how you call it in English, and the skinny guy there, is Mbappé, and they are the two first ones that we meet. And I tell, hey, Chichim, come here. Do you need some water? He says, yeah. We play all day here, and I feel so dirty. All I have trouble to say this word. Do you understand dirty? It's okay? Okay. When you get dry, that is my point. Thank you. <laughs> so always my wife say, no, it's dirty. And it was, oh, okay. So Chichim, I tell, hey, just go to tell your, this kid around about 
that you have maybe some water now and we can share with them. And this is what Jesus was with the Samaritan woman telling everybody, hey, I have found somebody who can give us the living water. Just come to meet him. Just come to see him. And that is how we start meeting with some of the Samaritan people in La Serena, Chile. Let me, for a few more minutes, I think I am almost running with the time, but let me introduce some of the evangelistic people that we have been meeting in Chile. His name is Heriberto, and each time they went to the town, I think Kelly and Ruth, they remember him. Uh, I went to the town to do my uh, documentation, uh, we call Tramites in Chile, uh, supermarket, you find a place when you can park. Everybody, uh, La Serena is about one million people, but the city center is small. So always we have trouble to park our car. And there is a big area there when there is some people uh, who take care of you, the car, and they make sure that nobody steals something from the car, and then you tip them. You get a little couple of dollars. And Heriberto, uh, he was one of them. And I meet him for a few weeks, and I will say probably a few months. Each time I went there, he was there just looking at me and making sure that I will tip him. If not, he will scratch your car. <laughs> he was a bad boy. And he told me then, after he became a Christian, I was always telling him, hey, how are you doing? How your day is going? Uh, do you need some water? Do you need some drink? Do you want me to bring you some hamburger? You are all day here. Uh, I start to building, like somebody said this morning in one of the Bible class, building relationship. Uh, they can trust me. Until one day he say, hey, are you a Christian? And I tell, oh, yes, I am a missionary. I work with a little community. And I give the invitation to him. And believe me, and to be honest, I never were thinking that he will come to the church. And that is sometimes what keeps us a little far away for this great opportunity that the Lord has given us. Sometimes we feel fear, or we feel a little ashamed, or a little embarrassing to share the gospel with somebody. Uh, I was thinking, in my mind, maybe... This guy is not the guy that is supposed to share the gospel. And the Lord was telling me the opposite thing. And I had this struggle sometimes. In my side, this is not right. Like the disciples say to Jesus at some point, she's not a woman that we're supposed to evangelize. And God is telling us, hey, this is a great opportunity. She is the one. He is the one. Don't miss that opportunity. And when I get that point, I tell Heriberto, hey, just come to the church. And we want to share with you some uh, great story. And I share with him my testimony, how I became a Christian. And this guy, from bad boy, start becoming a good boy and start become, come to the church. And he get baptized. And then he start inviting his wife, he started inviting his daughter. He started inviting his brother-in-law. 
He started inviting his sister-in-law. He started inviting the neighbor. He started inviting everybody who go to town and start parking in that area. He has the chance, and you can be talking with him five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and each time they get to the town, he was busy sharing the gospel with somebody. And he see me, he say, hey, Marcelo, come. Look, he wants to know this question, and she wants to know this answer, and when do we have Bible class? And I was like, oh, let me schedule this. And he was running on me all the time. I tell him, hey, we had a problem here. I think you had to start teaching these people. You had to start encouraging these people while you have been learning from the Lord. Start sharing your testimony. You are useful. You are an evangelistic guy. And he began, I will say 30 or 40% of our church community is not big. 35, 40 people when we are all of us there. But the 30 or 40%, Heriberto, this guy who was working in the parking area, is the one that the Lord has been using him and bringing all of these people to the community. And he is still doing I was Skyping with him the another day and FaceTime, and he was, hey, you need to come back soon because we have more people to study. And he's always meeting new people. And let me share this second story about Olga. When we get to the camp area, when the poor kids are uh, living and this family are struggling with food, with water, with electricity, with homes, when they're raining, uh, we have some rain there, all this Houses getting really wet because they don't have a properly goof or a properly home. And I meet Olga and I say, hey, how we can be helpful? And I put in her side shoes because she was living there and she's living there. And she say, what really worried me more than the adult, because older people, we can stay one day without food sometime or longer, I don't know, some of you maybe more, and we will still okay, but the little one, kid, they get hungry really easy and really quickly. And she say, I had a big concern for the kid. And we say, okay, let's start with Chichin and with Mbappé. We can use this kid, bring in their, another kid to the place, and she say, I am ready to start cooking. And I tell, just let me know what do you need, and we can start like a kitchen community. And we can start cooking on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and invite all of these kids at least, they go to bed with something in their stomach. And she starts just visiting people there, and inviting people, and then more kids start coming in, and we start creating some activity for the kid. We start getting that play and start praying that this group start growing and growing and we get a little chore of room and we build already a small extra cabin. We help in there. Um, so more people start coming and eating inside because most of the kids, they start eating outside and sometimes get really cold. And we were, okay, our main goal if the Lord willing for this year or the next, is to build a little more bigger cabin when we can start worshiping and having Bible class and having some meal with this kid in the camping area. Most of the parents, they struggle 
with money to get to the town where we meet as a church community. And I tell our members, our brother and sister, hey, if they cannot come, we will go there. We use the expression in Chile, if the mountain don't come to you, you go to the mountain. And this is what we will do with this community there in Chile. And finally, I meet Rosa. This is the last uh, evangelistic uh, woman that I meet. Uh, her daughter started meeting with us a few years ago. And they always have some problem and some trouble. And I received many calls from her daughter that she is struggling uh, with different situations in her life, like all of us sometimes we do. And one day I was so tired and I received a call and I was like, oh no, here we go again. What is the problem now? And that was like about 6 p.m. And Rosa said, Marcelo, just come to my place. I want to share with you some problem that we have. And it was, okay, this is what the Lord is putting me here. Yes, I will go there and I will try to bring there some living water. And when I get there and she say, the problem that I have is that I have been meeting with people and we have a group, a small group, like between 15 to 20, 24 people sometimes that they want to study the Bible. And I tell, and what is the problem? And she say, we don't have anybody who teaching us. And I say, oh, this is not a problem. That is a blessing for me. And she say, let's go to the Bible class tonight. And I tell, let's go there. And she introduced me there. They create a, a WhatsApp group with the people. Uh, and they started just introducing themselves and sharing their testimony. And we had a little Bible class. And that was one Friday before I come to United States. So the Lord was telling me already, hey, make your trip to United States quickly because you have some work to do here in Chile. And Rosa, she became one of the great Samaritan women who texting everybody. She's the one who contact everybody. She made sure that everybody can meet together in some home, in some place, so we can have Bible class. And I will be ending with you uh, with this. Uh, most of the people, most of the Samaritan, already no longer believe because of the woman testimony, because they believe by themselves. And the word that Jesus Christ was sharing with them. And every time, let me share with you, every time that you go to the town or your work or your school or someplace else, just be willing and available that the Lord can use you. It's not all about how much we can do in our own. Because there is something that you and I, we can't do with people. And that's what the Lord has been doing with all of these people in Chile and in your community that is touching their heart changing their life. When the Samaritan woman meet with Jesus, 
Jesus was telling to the Samaritan woman in another world. I am in your shoes. I can fit in your side shoes. And I can understand how do you feel. I can understand how broke you are. I can understand that you need another chance. And there is many people upside, probably praying, probably waiting for Jesus Christ to meet them and they can start a new life with our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a passage that I want to end, finish with you, that say this. So churches are growing are one Samaritan woman at the time. And the passage I want to share with you for finish, my sermon is 1 Corinthians 12, 22. This passage came to, this, uh, to me this morning. I wake up a little early and I was just making sure that Timothy was sleeping good. And I really want to share this passage when our brother Kelly was calling before that we need some teachers, we need some people here who can get on board, we need more volunteers, we need maybe somebody else who can start a ministry or helping the ministry. And I know that many of you are doing already that. I am not telling you what you have to do, you are doing great. But this morning I was praying for those who don't feel good enough. For those who maybe feel that, oh, I cannot do this. This is not for me. What Paul say in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 22, on the contrary, those part of the body that seem to be weaker or no important are the most necessary. And believe me that if the Lord Jesus Christ called you to be part of the kingdom, it's because he believed exactly what he was believing when he was evangelizing the Samaritan woman. You can be the one. You are the one that the Lord is calling you to do mission, to evangelize, to bring the living water to somebody else in this town. And this morning, Jesus wants to tell you that he will be with you. He already promised that. I will be, I will be with you every day. Don't be afraid. Do your little part, and he will do the big part, touching the heart and changing the life of the people. For those who think that they are not important, that they think that they are weaker, that they are not necessary, the Lord this morning is telling you that you are so important in this church community. And you are so necessary. Just give the first step 
and believe me that the Lord will take your hands and continue working with you in whatever ministry you take. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I come before you to give you thank you so much for giving me this great opportunity, Father. I watch this dry, Father. I watch this disencouraged in the past. I was just broken. I was confused. I was losing hope. Like the Samaritan woman did, Father. And I know that many of us, or some people this morning, feel that way. Thank you, Father, for giving us a second chance. For taking our hands again. For believing us. For trusting us. For giving us the living water. So we can start running. We can start getting on fire again. And sharing about the love of Jesus Christ. I pray this morning that you can use. Those father who may be thinking that they are not the one. You are the one father who can convince them. Who can touch their heart. And please let them know now. That they are so important. And necessary for this church community. They are so important and necessary for their family, for their marriage, for their work, wherever they go. Like your word say, Father, your hands could be with all of us. And helping us, Father, to see the people like Jesus Christ saw the Samaritan woman. I ask a special blessing for this congregation, for the leadership, for Jake, and everybody who is on board, working for the best for the kingdom. Blessing day in many ways, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.